Good morning. Today we will be talking about the future of currencies and how the world is adapting to cryptocurrencies. Today as our guest speaker we have Mr. Michael Ranier, a cryptocurrency specialist. Before we begin in our discussion, would you like to tell us a little bit about your expertise and experience with crypto? Thank you, Nico. Uh, I started with cryptos about, I guess about five or six years ago. Um, I was running a, a business, an online business, and I started to notice that certain people uh, that were in a similar business as mine were accepting cryptocurrencies. Um, at the time, it was a little bit confusing. I had to do a lot of research. I had to investigate um, how it worked. Even after reading and, and trying to learn about it, it was still extremely difficult to grasp the entire blockchain and how it worked and, and how Bitcoin actually worked and how to transfer back and forth. Um, what I found was when I, when I adopted it in my business, when my programmers integrated it into my website um, and we started actually using it in real life and I actually started making transactions back and forth with people that I knew and testing it, it, it became a lot more familiar to me and it became a lot easier. I guess with everything in life, you have to, there's a little bit of trial and error. And once you actually put it into practice and you understand how it works, it was a lot easier for me to adopt it into other businesses. So I started with my online businesses using it, um, and it, it, we didn't have a lot of transactions. It was it was it was very slow in the beginning, but then as time went on and Bitcoin became more mainstream media, we adopted it into some of the the brick and mortar businesses that I had. I had a restaurant here in Costa Rica, and we started accepting Bitcoin, and we actually had we advertised it, and we had customers that actually came in and started and started giving us Bitcoin. we chose and it's the future of cryptocurrency in 2019 and beyond by Investopedia which is an American website based in New York City that focuses on investing and finance education. They claim that economic analysts predict a big change in crypto is forthcoming as an institution and money enters the market. Moreover, this is a possibility that crypto will flotate on NASDAQ which would further add credibility to blockchain and it is used as alternate to conventional currency. What is your opinion on this? I, I really think it's inevitable. I think right now, um, I don't think it's going to happen any in the, in the near future, but I do think that it, much like the internet, when the internet started, I, whenever I talk about like people that aren't familiar with Bitcoin or they're not familiar with cryptocurrencies, I always give the, the example of the internet. I remember when I was just getting out of college, the internet was just starting. And you know, when the internet was beginning, I remember people saying, to themselves, I don't need email. I'm never going to use it. And the reason they said that was because they didn't understand it. It was hard to grasp. Everybody was used to terrestrial mail, going to their mailbox every day and getting the mail, and, and they didn't like the change. Change is always difficult for anyone. Um, if you look back now, the internet really didn't start until 1995. So we're 25 years into the internet, and I, I think especially with your generation, could you guys imagine yeah. existing without the yeah. internet? existing without email. Yeah. I, I tell my kids sometimes, you know, we used to go to the mailbox and send letters to people if we had to send anything and they're like, what? You know, like you guys, it's easy now. You go on your mobile phones and you, you know, you, you send a text message or, or you send an email. Um, Bitcoin is, to me, is the same thing and that's why I invest heavily in it. Um, it's, it's a change. It's difficult to grasp. But Bitcoin only started in 2008. We're only 10 years into it. 
10 years into the internet, things were just starting to take off. And that's what I see now with Bitcoin. You know, there's a, there's a 10 year window that it's, it's been available now. Um, it started out, I started buying Bitcoin when it was $50 a Bitcoin. You know, I watched it go to $20,000. I watched it drop down to 5,000. I watched it go back up to 10. I looked at it now, it's, you know, $7,400 today. Um, I think in the next 15 years, investing in Bitcoin now has to be one of the best possible things you can do, just based on the way the internet was. Bitcoin is gonna revolutionize, and it, not just Bitcoin, all coins as well, all cryptocurrencies, are gonna revolutionize the way people bank in the future. If I send a, uh, I'll give you an example, I, I've, up until now, up until Bitcoin, if I had to send money, I'm, I'm originally from the United States, so if I had to send money from you know, my bank accounts in the United States to Costa Rica, okay, it's a, it's a very tedious process. I have to go online, before I used to have to fax, I would have to fax a letter to the bank in the United States. The people in the wire room in the United States will get that letter, they would have to confirm it. I would have to call in to the wire room, confirm that I just sent that letter, then they would process it, okay? Within maybe the same day, maybe the next day, I would get a confirmation that it was actually gonna be sent. And then I would have to wait three or four days until that wire actually went through the secondary banks in the United States, hit Costa Rica, they confirmed it in Costa Rica, and then my money would be available a couple days later. I mean, you're, you're literally talking about, the, not now, it's a little bit quicker now, but you're talking about a week process to send a bank wire. Bitcoin is instantaneous. It's peer-to-peer -peer technology. Um, there's no fees in the middle of it. There's no... There's no red tape. There's no anything. I mean, but with that, it makes it a little dangerous too. You have to be very careful with it. You know, the, the reason, you know, they, they take all those steps to the banks in the United States is because they want to make sure that the wires are being sent properly, that there's not a mistake. With Bitcoin, you don't, you don't have that ability to do that. If you send something, it's final. But that's the difference. It's, it's instantaneous. It makes things a lot quicker. Um, it takes out all the middlemen. And inevitably, it's the way people are going to bank in the future. No doubt about it. I want to talk a little bit about that thing you mentioned about sometimes it potentially being a little bit dangerous. So we read this article right, in Forbes about some predictions that they have about Bitcoin and mm -hmm. cryptocurrencies in the future. Mm -hmm. All right, and they said that most probably the U.S. is going to at least at first because they're, they're going to maintain a wait and see regulatory approach. Mm -hmm. And so they're saying that because you know they want to maintain their position as a leader of technological growth and with the rapid growth of people adopting and using Bitcoin as their means of transactions, many believe that regulators are gonna, of course they're gonna continue to crack down on scam crypto startups and everything, but the legitimate companies, they're gonna, they're gonna expect plenty of leeway for at least the next few years mm -hmm. with regards to Bitcoin and the regulations. So what do you think about this? Is it, do you think this is the way that the government is gonna approach uh, this new adoption of crypto? And what might be some potential dangers of adopting it through this Wait and see, you know. Well, crypto, cryptos are a, a big problem for governments, just like the internet was. You know, the internet still is. There's so many countries around the world that try to limit the internet. Um, they still do. North Korea, you know, the it, information, you know, it's, the internet really killed newspapers, you know, physical newspapers. And they, and they opened up the ability for people around the world, especially in, in countries who are being suppressed, for people to actually see what's going on on the outside. I think cryptos are the same thing. They're, they're a danger to the banking industry. So any government that has strong banks, especially the United States, they're not necessarily going to embrace cryptos. The problem is there's no way to stop them, just like the Internet. There, there really is no way to stop it. So I think it's, that's going to be the, the problem for governments. They're going to have to find that middle ground where they accept the fact 
that this is the way banking is going to be done in the future, and they find a way to do it the right way. And and with that means they're going to have to they're going to have to create certain regulations, which is going to change the industry. I think regulations are actually good for it. Like up until now, Bitcoin, you know, initially. You heard all the horror stories in the beginning. Bitcoin, there, there was a, MT Gox was a company that started in the beginning and then they went bankrupt, they got hacked. And the, the biggest problem is, is, there's actually two biggest problems. The hacking issue is one. Yeah. You know, it, people's wallets can get hacked. I personally, when I first started Bitcoin, I, I got hacked. And I don't know how it happened to this day. It was, it was an office thing, our, our whole entire office went through. Uh, we started accepting Bitcoins, we advertised it. Yeah. Um, Hackers got into our system. They actually got onto my personal computer and they got into one of my wallets. And, and I had a significant amount of Bitcoin in that wallet. It wasn't worth as much as it is today. When I think about what it's worth today, it kind of makes yeah. me sick. But back then it really wasn't worth that much. But they actually had hacked my wallet. And when they took the Bitcoins out, I actually was sitting on my computer. I heard a beep. You get a beep on block, if you're yeah. using blockchain. You get a beep and, and um, the Bitcoins were gone. And it's, I had a message and it said, thank you, Michael, on, on the message. So that was my first real experience with people hacking. Hacking is one issue. The second issue is, is the, illegal, the illegal things that get done with Bitcoin. You know, there's been a lot of stories over the years about you know, drug dealers using Bitcoins. And, and, and that gets into people's heads. They think, okay, this has happened. It's a bad thing. You know what? It happened in the beginning because it was an easy way for, for individuals who are trying to commit crimes to use Bitcoin, so it's kind of like a stigma that's been attached to it, and and the hackers. That's the other stigma that's been attached to it. I think I think governments are going to have to deal with it. And I think with regulation and with governments making adopting Bitcoin in in a responsible way and understanding that it is the wave of the future, and they are going to have to adopt it eventually. I think those regulations are going to take away those stigmas from the past, and I think it'll help Bitcoin become more accepted and become more part of the mainstream media. that you said about the government regulating one of the articles we read was what the year 2050 has in store for humankind and it states that in order to keep up with the world of 2050 we'll merely to invent new ideas and products and that we'll all have to invent ourselves again and again uh, do you believe that one of the things that might be reinvented is the physical currency and that every country will have their own currency or that we will maintain ourselves with Bitcoin, Ripple, and the current cryptocurrencies that we have right now? 2050 is a long way off, but if I, if I had to guess, I, I, I believe that, that physical currencies, they've, they've had their time. Um, they're going to continue. It's not going to. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. Like I, I yeah. in 2050, I can still see people using physical currencies, but I think Bitcoin will be very mainstream by then. Yeah. I mean, we're talking 30 years from now. I think it'll be the way the internet. Like I gave, I gave the comparison earlier. The way the internet was 25 years ago. Yeah. I used to. I used to when I was out of college. I was just getting out of college. I used to use a dial-up connection. I don't know if you guys know what this is, but it was the first one that I had. We actually had a. We had a. a piece of equipment in the house that you bought and you would have to dial in over the phone to get your internet connection. And now, I mean, there's high, there's high speed, there's Wi-Fi, there's yeah. 4G, there's everything. So I think, I think with time in 30 years, I don't think it's totally going to go away. Physical mail hasn't totally gone away. There's still many people that should, my grandparents, my parents, they still use, they don't, they're not necessarily online. It's, it's your generation that's really online for the first time. They still use physical mail. 30 years from now, I think there'll still be physical currencies in use, but I think 
Bitcoins and cryptocurrencies will be a lar- a much larger percentage. Yeah. Than yeah, I mean, at least in developed countries, like you know, you look at the U.S., the U.S., many countries in Europe. Mm-hmm. I do agree with you. But at least they're gonna have to be forced to adopt these new currencies as part of their system, just like. For example, the United States now, the government has so much involvement over the U.S.'s economy mm-hmm. and all the different markets, etc. Uh, so I think, yeah, I do agree with you that they are going to have to adopt this larger influence into the crypto as another currency, just like the dollar is today. idea of you know the involvement of people in technology and especially the new generations like you're saying that we I mean we use so much technology and we're so involved in technology and so I don't know whether you agree or not uh, crypto is also one of these new ways in which people are becoming more and more involved with technology at least and technology is becoming more and more of their lives and they're opening up their lives more and more to this idea of technology and the potential dangers as you said that sometimes just like they come with crypto that they may come with other types of technology in which we are inputting our information and uh, showcasing a big portion of our lives and so in one of the articles that we read by Mr. Yuval Noah it was actually a TED talk of his and his TED talk talked about a lot of things it was called white fascism is so tempting and how your data could power it. Mm-hmm. And so it talked about the influence of information. But one of the most important points said that in the modern age, as the modern age began, machines became more important than land. And politics became the struggle to control the machines. And dictatorships meant that too many of the machines became concentrated in the hands of the government or of a small elite. Now, data is replacing both land and machines as the most important asset. Politics becomes a struggle to control the flows of data and dictatorship now means that too much data is being concentrated in the hands of the government or of a small elite. So my question to you is, what influence do you think that the growing adoption of cryptocurrencies might have on people's involvement with data and the value of data as an asset as a whole? All right, well, I think that is huge. Um, you see that with Facebook. You know, one of the big one of the big complaints about when Facebook first started, it was, it was the greatest thing in the world. But now there's a, a lot of backlash towards Facebook because yeah. because they control so much data they control so much information it's not a government that that controls it it's it's yeah, Facebook it's yeah. right but if the governments can can get control of that information or they can push the you know the owners of those companies of these of these internet companies to get that information it becomes one of those things where it, it arguments insist yeah. and that's that's the problem I think cryptos the fact that they're decentralized the fact that they're not tied to any type of government at all Bitcoin you know is it's people. It's you having an account. It's me having an account. It's it's being able to transfer money back and forth without having that government government interference, without having them look over our shoulder. I think that's good for everyone. Um, the world, especially because of the internet, has become it's become a mu- it's become much easier to share information between countries. Borders have come down. Um, where back in the day you couldn't share information with someone in Germany or you yeah. couldn't share information with someone in China. Now now you can pretty much unregulated. Yeah. Um, I think cryptos do that. I, th- I think the banking industry as a whole has been very centralized. It's countries. They have their own currencies. This opens up everything for the first time. People can, can financially share funds um, back and forth, country to country, person to person, without having the government involved with their information and with that data. It's, 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 
it's open, it's, it's good, it's the future. So you think there's going to be even an increase in the value of data as an asset? I mean, in comparison to other more physical assets that we have today? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. The, the person, the companies like, companies that, that have that type of information, that have those databases, that have it, Amazon, I mean, look at, look at Amazon. No one expected Amazon back in 2002 yeah. when, they were, when they were literally broke. They had no money. Jeff yeah. Bezos had no yeah, money they, at all. They, they, they laughed. It, it was a yeah. laughing stock. Yeah. You know, they said they said people are never going to adopt. They're never going to adopt this type of thing, this type of shopping. And within 15 years now, he, he's one of the richest men in the world. He, he yeah. Amazon is, is huge. I mean, and and the reason they're huge is because they were able all those years to collect the data you're talking about. They were able to collect shopping patterns. If Nico, if you open an account on Amazon, they know exactly what you've bought over the years. Yeah. They know they know who you are, they know how much money you make, they know how much you spend, they know what your buying patterns are, what you like, what you don't like, what you've clicked on twice, what you clicked on once and you never came back on again. And and that data is so important. It is really an asset because they can use that data now. I, I noticed it myself a few years ago. I would go on Facebook and, and some of these other sites. And I had opened a browser a few days before, and I had searched something. And then a couple of days later, I came on the site. I said, "Wow, it's amazing! Yeah. Like, how did they know that I was looking at that the other day?" Yeah. And all of a sudden, the thing I was looking at, whether it was a pair of sneakers or yeah, all the ads come exactly yeah. they pop up now. And for a long time, I said to myself, "This has to be coincidence." Yeah. And then I started putting it together, and I understood that they they have collected my data. And they have that data, and it is a resource. It's a valuable resource, and the people that control that data basically control where the money is going to be spent going forward in the future. Yeah, the article that Nico mentioned it, it talks a lot about that about companies being able to, to hack humans. Yeah. Like now, it's, it's not just about it's going to become not just a thing about being able to hack a machine or something physical, but actually hacking humans, having the algorithms and the information necessary. So that companies know you better than you know yourself and exactly. what decisions you're going to make and everything. It's intrusive. It's, it's one of yeah. those things that, that you're, you haven't agreed to that. Like you didn't yeah. go and browse on Google a website and, and click a button that says, I allow you to take all the information, all the patterns that I'm doing right now. I agree to let you take that and sell it to other companies and sell me products. You never, you've never agreed to that, but they, that's the, the power of them being able to, to absorb that data, collect it, and use it. Okay, so thank you very much for being with us here today. We appreciate your opinion very much. See you next week. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you.